goodness gracious. My goodness gracious, what a good, good God he is. You can be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. Thank you so much, worship team, for leading us in the presence of God. I'm grateful for a lot of things in life, but I tell you, I'm grateful for a lot of things in our church. And one of the things I'm most grateful for, especially in this season, is a worship team that knows the difference between playing music and worshiping God. And there is a big difference between the two. And I can tell you this, not that I'm this, that, or the other, or they are either, but as long as we're here at Eastgate Church, this place is never going to be about a production. It is always going to be about the presence and power of God transforming lives. Um, who cares if all the bells and whistles do what they're supposed to do if we walk out of here unchanged? You know, eternity is in the balance. And if you're a guest here today, I know that may sound a little heavy to you. Um, hopefully before the end of the day, you'll know a little bit more about what I'm talking about when I say eternity is in the balance. Well, my name is Josh. I get the privilege of being the pastor here at the church, which means that I am the lead servant here at the church. I think Jesus set the best example of all when he said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. And I think too many times pastors get full of themselves, and I can promise you this, I know myself too well to be full of myself, all right? I know my limitations very very well, but I know how many limitations our Lord does not have, and I'm so grateful that He is strong in the areas that I am weak, and so so it is with all the areas of the church. And if you're a guest here, we hope you feel welcome. We're hoping that you're feeling the presence and power of God. And uh, I just decided a long time ago, and when, when people come through the doors of the church, they're family. Amen. So welcome home, whether you're been in this church for 20 years or today's your first day welcome home we're so glad that you're here today to worship with us um we don't try to sell people on anything here man we just we just go after god and i think he's enough i think he's enough and uh we we have a, a complicated strategy here it's just listen to god and do what he says and uh so far so good with that my goodness gracious, but welcome to church today. I know for some of you it was a battle getting here, and I don't want you to think that that's overlooked. Uh, anytime you show any desire to get closer to the Lord, the enemy has a little blip on his radar. When I say the enemy, I mean the devil, and his job is to try to keep you from being at the place where God can do the most in your life. So you being here today, I'm telling you, is a victory in and of itself. So congratulations, you kicked the devil in the teeth, and you got here where God can do something in your life. Let's give him some praise in the place today. A big welcome to everyone that's joining us online. Can we welcome our online church today? Thank you so much. You know, we got a lot of people in the church that aren't feeling well. There's a bug just ripping across half of Georgia right now, and I'm so glad that you guys are able to tune in and join us, even though you can't be in here in person, and which is always the best way to be a part of our church, but um, at least you can join us online. And again, a big welcome to everyone across the, the country and across the world, literally, that is hopping on, and we'll see this today and, and later on in the week. We're just honored that you would be a part of the ministry here. Um, so welcome home. We're glad that you're with us. So enjoy your coffee. Enjoy watching church in your bathrobe or your pajamas. Um, and uh, if you're wearing anything else, we don't want to know about it. So just, 
but we're, we're glad that you're with us today. We've got a lot of ground to cover today, guys. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's amazing what a week off can do for a pastor. Whew! Isn't it amazing what just a week off can do for you? You know what I mean? Like a real week off. Not like where you take the week off of work and then you do 18 weeks worth of work at the house that's been building up for you, you know. For some of you, that might be relaxing. For me, that just sends a cold shiver down my spine. I just, when I'm off, I want to be off. I want to relax. I want to, um, want to have fun. So it's a great day today. We're going to get to baptize someone today. We're excited about that. Um, annual business meeting is after service today, so everyone who is a member of Eastgate Church, uh, we're, we're asking that you hang out after service. We'll have some lunch and snacks provided for you so you don't starve to death while we quickly go over the celebration of what God has done in our church. We say annual business meeting. It's really a celebration party because everything we're doing is just talking about the awesome things that the Lord has done, and we'll share some of that here in just a little bit. I think one of the mistakes churches make too often is that they get caught up in the business and they don't stop to celebrate what the Lord has done. And the Bible's clear when it says that we're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimonies. And if we got some praise to give to God, I think we should give it to Him. And just, I'm just saying. So if you got your Bibles, um, open them up, your tablets, open them up to the book of 2 Kings. We'll have the scriptures on the screen for you in case you showed up without your Bible or your tablet. It's hard to tell what people are carrying with them nowadays. Um, if you guys that are watching online, we've got... Um, everything available on Version off the Bible app. And again, if you want to follow the notes on Version, you're more than welcome to do that uh, here in-house today for sure. Speaking of which, if you could, do us a favor. And uh, if you're watching online, remember to hit that like button and that share button so we can reach as many people as we can uh, with the live stream and in-house today too. Feel free to check in on social media. If your phone is out, the ushers are not going to tap you on the shoulder. We know that we trust that. You're just checking in and sharing the live stream. Please share the live stream. Feel free to do that. Pull out your phones and do that now. The more shares we get, the more reach we have, the more people hear the gospel. And it's just an easy way to reach others for Jesus, I tell you. Just watch that volume and make sure that it's down on your phone so that we don't get that crazy echo going in here. It's just weird sometimes. The book of Second King, golly, I cannot wait to get into this word. Are y'all ready today? Yes. If you're ready, look at the person next to you and say, buckle up. God's taking us somewhere. He is taking us somewhere today. Second Kings chapter 7, starting in verse 3, says, now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates which is where they would be outside the city because if you had leprosy, nobody wanted to be around you. Yeah, like with this little bug that's going around. Like if somebody's sick in your family, do y'all have like the quarantine room in your house? Yes. Uh, we've got that too. Uh, we just, hey, stay, stay away, stay away. And you can have food and you can have movies and we're going to pray for you. But we're going to use wisdom too, you know. Well, well, back then they did that too, you know. It's like if you had leprosy, it was contagious, but it was a death sentence and no one wanted to be around you. So they put these guys outside the gates of the city, but they had double trouble going on for them because an enemy of Israel had put in place a siege on the city, which means that they were blocking all supplies to the city which means the people inside the city were starving to death, which means the people that would give out of generosity 
and leave the food outside of the gate, or here's a little bit of money to help support you. The handouts were gone. There was no food in the city. Um, they were actually reverting to cannibalism inside the city. That's how bad. Now, look, you're hungry when you start looking at the person next to you and thinking, a little bit of barbecue sauce, I think that can work. You know, that's, that's where they were. Um, so it was a bad situation. They're starving to death and they got leprosy, which means nobody's going to help them. So they're going to have to help themselves. You ever been in a season where you had to help yourself? Like the, the usual bailouts weren't working and God's usual way of providing just wasn't clicking like you're used to it. Like it was a new season with a new problem and you needed a new solution. And they were going to have to solve this thing on their own. And they had a great idea. They started talking. And if you look here in the scripture, it says, why should we sit here waiting to die? That's a great conversation point. <laughs> look, we're going to die. Why, why are we sitting around waiting to die? He says, we'll starve if we stay here. But the famine, and because of the, well, we, we will, if, if we stay here, we're going to start because of the famine in the city, and we can't go back there. And then it says, so we might as well go out and surrender to this army, the Arameans. We might as well go out and surrender to them. If they let us live, well, that's good. But if they kill us, we're going to die anyway. See? You want to talk about being between a rock and a hard place. Look, we know we're going to die here. Probably we're going to die over there. But it's like 99.9% .9 chance we're going to die if we go there. Here, it's 100. We know we're going to die. So let's take that point oh one and figure out. It. We'll, we'll see if something can happen. We might as well get up and do something. It's funny how desperation can motivate you sometimes in life. So... They said, well, we might as well go out. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. And uh, when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter, and speeding, uh, uh, the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. Said, the king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack. They knew who might else be coming for them. It's the Egyptians and the, and the Hittites. They cried out to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night, which I might have too, I don't know, abandoning their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and everything. They left everything there, and they fled for their lives. And when the men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine, and they carried all silver and gold clothing and hid it. I love those last two words, hid it. They put a stash away for themselves. They're like, this is, they hit the jackpot. They hit the lottery. I think it's interesting that it wasn't until they started moving it wasn't a start until they started to make the change and get out of the situation and move into something new. That's when God confused the Aramean army. Amen. That's when they freaked out. That's when they got out of Dodge. A little bit of faith can go a long way. Can go a long, long way. I love that they hid that. That, just, that helps me understand that the Bible is true because those jokers buried a stash for themselves. They went back. They told the people in the city what had happened. 
the king of Israel sends out the troops. They say, yeah, these jokers are gone, and they left everything. Not only did God take care of their enemy, but he instantly provided everything that Israel had lost because of the siege that they were under. A little bit of faith goes a long, long way. Four lepers that just sat around saying, hey, we're going to die if we don't do it. We might as well get up and do it. Four people that decided to do something brought about a victory for an entire nation and provision for the nation that was starving to death because they decided to do something. Now, I know you might be thinking, you don't have a lot of gifts. You don't have a lot of talents. When I look in the mirror, I see a short dude that needs a lot of help. It's amazing to think that unqualified, ill-equipped, at least in our own eyes, people can bring about massive change with just a little bit of movement, just a little bit of obedience. It's crazy. There's a lot that we can pull from this passage of Scripture. We just camp out on this all day. It's just amazing to me that these guys decided to do this. Well, we might as well roll the dice and see. You ever had a roll the dice kind of season in your life, you know? It was like, well... I know God's telling me to step out, and sometimes God will close the doors quickly behind you to help motivate you to take that step in the other direction. It's like, well, I know the creek's dried up here. We might as well start going looking for water somewhere else, you know? So it's just a little bit of step goes a long way. I don't often do this, but I want to share the title of my message with you this morning. In light of everything that we just read, the title of this message today, and I believe that it's not just something that I guy got a creative streak to put on paper. I believe this is for God, for you today. We were going to share this a few weeks ago, and the Spirit of God moved powerfully in this place, and we just put it on the shelf and let God do what he wanted to do and prayed about it and felt like he wanted us to come back to it today for you. So receive this word from the Lord today as he gives it to me to give to you. It's just two simple words. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Does that hit with anybody else in this room? Let's go. Let, I don't know what you've been walking through in life. I don't know what kind of storms you've been navigating through. I don't know what kind of challenges you've been walking. I don't know what kind of season of growth and preparation and pruning that God has been walking you through. But I'm telling you, sometimes you just have to say, let's go. Let's step out. Let's do it. Let's make the move. And there's a lot that you can pull from this passage of Scripture, especially on the tail end of us being in a season this all about drawing closer to God with 21 days of prayer and fasting. A lot of you in this room are part of the 90-day growth challenge that we launched here at the church. And God has just been doing amazing things, just showing us how the simplicity of consistency can bring about massive change in our lives. But these are some truths that I know. That if nothing changes, nothing changes. Nothing changes, nothing changes. Have you ever had somebody in your life that's always talking about what they're going to do yes. and they never do it? I, I, I had this friend back in the day and, and, and they, would, they would always use like future tense things about, well, I'm fixing to start planning to do that. You're fixing to start planning to do that. So you're fixing to start fixing to do something. 
You know what I mean? It's like open-ended. There's no commitment there. Like one day, the one day people, uh, one day I'll do this, one day. But what is the plan today? What, what is happening today to set us up for tomorrow? And church people are really bad about that because in church world, God is always fixing to do something. Oh, God's about to this and God's about to that. And, and yeah, he will. But the Bible also says that faith without works is dead. Sometimes we got to get up off our spiritual butts, put our hands to the plow and start walking out the stuff we're believing for God to do in our lives. If nothing changes, nothing changes. I love that we serve a God that's creative. I love a, we, have, we serve a God that is all about increase and fruitfulness. He prunes and he trims so that we can morph and change and produce more fruit, the Bible says, you know. But if nothing changes, nothing changes. And, and if that's been your song in recent years, I'm not throwing shade at you. What if, though, what if today something changed? What if something changed? What if today was a day where the talking stopped and the planning started and then the action started with the plan. Here's, here's something else I know, that if you do uh, nothing, you'll die. If you do nothing, you'll die. Boy, that's awesome, Pastor. That gets me real excited. I, I feel you on that. Uh, if you do nothing, you'll die. If these guys hadn't done anything, they would have died. And I know physically, you might not die because you don't take action on things in your life. But doesn't a little piece of you die when you don't follow through with what's burning in your heart to do? I mean, after a while, the frustration sets in because of the unfulfilled dreams and the unfulfilled calling and the visions that God puts in our hearts for our, our family and our personal goals and what he's called us to do to advance his kingdom. And if we don't step out into that, I know in seasons in my life, either through disobedience or just lack of action, part of me died. And I'm so glad that God was able to resurrect those things in my life. And I'm here to tell you, if that's been you, we serve a God that can bring dead things back to life. Those dreams are not gone. That calling is not gone. That vision is still there. All you got to do is get back on track and trust God. And he will, he will reset the past of your life to fulfill his calling. So, so I'm just telling you, if you do nothing, then yeah, you'll, you'll die a little. So why would we want to do nothing? We've all got so many days left. We've all got so many sunsets left. We've all only got so much time. And I think sometimes we take that for granted, man. I blinked. I blinked. And I was not 20 years old anymore. I blinked. And Kelly and I realized, holy cow, we've only got three or four more years with our oldest daughter, and she's off to college. Blinked. And that's, yeah, let that set in some of you guys. I'm just saying, I blink and all my friends have kids that have kids. What in the world happened when everybody else got old except us? You know what I mean? I'm just saying, it just, time goes by so fast. And, and if you don't make the most of the moments that you have, I think you miss out on the greater part of this life, on this side of eternity. And the other thing I think that we lose sight of is that, and this is, this is kind of cliche, and this gets talked about a lot, but it's just the truth that all change, since we're talking about change, all change is a series of steps. Steps. 
the trip that these guys took from the city gates to where the Armenian or the Aramean camp was, uh, it took steps. I know that's deep and that's powerful, right? If you're going to get anywhere, you got to take some steps to get there. But sometimes the distance is so intimidating, isn't it? I got like, this is what I know. If I was going to start walking today to get to Montana, I just felt God on that for a second when I said Montana. I just love Montana. So gorgeous. There. Georgia's beautiful too, but I just something about the mountains there, man, I'm telling you. But if I were to start walking to Montana, uh, y'all would probably think Pastor Josh is back on the crack pipe. Probably. It's like, what, what in the world? What is, what is going on with this guy? That's a long way. What does he think he's going to call? He's going to need more than one pair of shoes if he's going to walk to Montana. How long is that even going to take? What's the weather going to be like? He's going to get rained on. He's going to get stormed on. If he goes to Montana, if he gets there this time of year, he's going to freeze to death because there's snow on the ground. It's cold up there. All, all the people start talking. But while the people were talking, if I started stepping, I'd already be down the road heading to my goal while they were talking about the reasons why I couldn't get there. Amen. Sometimes all you got to do is just take a step. Yes. A step in the right direction. To get over the distance and figure, you know what, one step at a time. One step at a time, I can get there. One step at a time, I can trust God to show me how to shape and form and launch the business that he's put in my heart. One step at a time, I can figure out what I had to change and move to go back to school and get the education that I wanted to go back and get. One step at a time, I can figure out how to help this dysfunctional child that I've got that won't listen to any God-blessed thing that I say. Yeah, One step at a time, I can figure out how to make this happen because every step I take, I get closer to the goal. You've got to start moving. This is the word, not just for our church, but for you today. Start moving. Start taking steps. Well, what if they talk about me? Well, let them talk about you. Just keep taking a few steps towards what God has called you to do. Well, what if they're going to gossip about me? Let them gossip about you. When they figure out they can't control your life, they will pick someone else to try to control. They didn't create you. They didn't form you. They didn't call you. They didn't put that dream in your heart. They've got no say-so over what God has blessed you and called you to do. Start stepping. Start stepping and keep stepping. you got to move because change is a series of steps. Not just for us as individuals, but for us as a church. Um, if you're a guest here today, let me just tell you our heart. We are not the church that gets together to have service and then go home and live the rest of our lives during the week. We believe that the church is plan A and there is no plan B, that the church is not a business organization. It is a spiritual institution that God put together to advance his kingdom on this earth. And the church is not only a gathering of believers, but we as individuals 
make up the church on our own. So everywhere we go, we can have church, we can be church, not just here on Sunday mornings. And we believe that the great commission that Jesus gave the church in the New Testament is still valid for the church today. This is not a social club. This is not a political meet and greet. This is not a place to make contacts. This is a gathering place for the army of God to come together in one mind, one heart, and one accord to accomplish the will of God on this earth and bring about change to reach as many people as we possibly can for Jesus. That's our heart and that's our mission. And we get there as a church the same way we get there as individuals. We do it one step at a time. One step at a time. I, it's funny, I, I was praying over this yesterday afternoon and my mind just started going back. You know, you ever look back and just see like highlight reels of things in your life sometimes. I just was, was, was looking back and and, and, and praying, and the Lord just kind of showed me things. And you guys that have been a part of this church, this church has morphed and grown and, and done different things at different times. It had a, a different name in one season than it does now. And, and I, remember, I remember when um, our church went through an incredible financial storm just because of how sometimes life happens. And, and uh, the income of the church dropped by like 60-something percent, and, and it just bottlenecked everything. And eventually, the, and, and it was because of like business people losing contracts, and it affected the rest of the congregation. And it's just a long, crazy story. It wasn't anybody's fault. It was just one of those things that just happened. And the, the church ended up losing the facility and going portable, and, and, and I remember so many people in droves just... Just pew, 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 pew. we're jumping off the sinking ship. We're just diving and diving. But I remember that our church just kept stepping. Amen. And we found another church that opened up the doors and said, hey, you guys can meet here and we'll share the building. You do what you do, we'll do what we do, and we'll reach people for the kingdom of God together. And for a season, we were a church and a different church serving God, but we just kept stepping, you know, and did, then eventually we found favor, the church grew a little bit, and we were able to get a storefront area over on Fairburn Road on the other side of town, and we just kept stepping. We just kept stepping, and we fought through the battles, and we saw God do some great things, and the pastor that was leading the church at the time felt the call to go do something else, and God said to Pastor Kelly and me, it's time for you guys to step up and, and lead and, and take this place into the next season. And we just kept stepping. Amen. And all along the way, there were naysayers. And all along the way, there were people saying, well, it's over. This church is dead. Statistically, we should have been. But God's plan and the facts are often at odds yeah. with one another. Yeah. You know? So, so from Fairburn Road, early in, God began to lay on the Lord's heart in my heart, hey, it's time to move from this place into a new facility. And we thought, awesome, God, what you got? Because we broke, and we can't find any place to move to. You ever had that happen in your life? It's like, 
God, you want me to give what? We broke. How? And we began to pray, and God just wouldn't leave us alone, and it was just impossible. There was no way to make this happen on paper. God started moving on people's hearts, and, and we had the meeting, and we had the discussion, and there were some people that said, there's no way this can happen. Maybe we shouldn't do it, but we just could not get away from no. This is a step that God wants us to take, and we pulled the trigger on it and stepped out, and the church that was broke within nine days saw $60,000 come in for down payments and renovations. Don't tell me that God can't do what he says he can do. You just got to keep stepping. So we landed here. And so many people worked so hard to do the renovations to get the building to where it is now. And we've seen God do so many things. But then COVID hit and shut everything down. And let's shut everything down six months after Eastgate Church moves into this new facility. Boo! There goes the income again, and we're trying to figure things out, but we just kept stepping. We just kept trusting, and we just kept... And I'm not... Listen, I know this sounds exciting. I'm not going to tell you that I didn't go into my room and shut the door and say, God, what are you going to do with this? Because I'm out of options. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough wisdom. I need yours, but I'm here to tell you when you stay humble before God, he moves mighty on your behalf, and we just kept stepping, and he kept giving solutions to the problems, and we kept building, and we kept seeing people get saved, and then last year, because we kept stepping, we saw an explosion of harvest, and our church grew by over 100%, and we saw people by the hundreds get saved. We saw people by the dozens get baptized baptized because we kept stepping. Why am I telling you this? Because if you keep stepping and keep trusting and keep moving, there'll be seasons where you say, yeah, God's moving. And there'll be seasons where you say, Lord, how are you going to do this? But he always provides. He's always faithful. He never fails. And he will get you to where he said he will get you in your life. You just got to keep moving forward. And I praise God for the spirit that is in this church. Not that we're better than any other church. I, Lord, I wouldn't even begin to think that. But I, I praise God for the spirit of the people that are in this church. And we got people in this church that have been through some battles. We got people in this church, when I talk about spiritual warfare, oh, you, you, you just say, okay, break out the pen and paper. Let me tell you what I've seen the Lord do. When I talk about hard times, you can start talking about the faithfulness of God and how he got you through it. And I think that spirit and that heart is what God has needed to birth what he wants to do in this church. Long term, I'm grateful for a church full of people that don't quit. Amen. They don't quit. And if you're here today and you're feeling like you want to quit, I would encourage you, don't stop. Don't stop. He's faithful in others' lives. He's faithful in your life. He's faithful in the church. We've just got to keep stepping. We've got to keep stepping. And when it comes to church, we can't lose the focus of the Great Commission. We said that earlier, and I'll echo it again. In fact, in Luke chapter 19, the whole mission and purpose of Jesus' life is just in this one sentence. It says, For the Son of man came to seek and save those who were lost. To seek and save those who were lost. And when I read that, I see two verbs. I see seek. I see save. When you're seeking for something, that means you get up, you take action, you go look for it until you find it. 
And when you find it, that's when the saving happens. And when you look at Jesus' life, he was constantly on the move, seeking, 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 and saving, and saving, and saving. And we've got to do the same thing as a church, I think. Shame on us if we get comfortable where we are. Shame on us if we stop seeking. Shame on us if we stop in our personal lives telling people about the Jesus that so powerfully changed our lives. We've got to continue to seek. We've got to continue to move. We've got to continue to press forward and accomplish what Jesus has called us to do. Amen? Amen. Why are y'all getting weird on me now? Why are y'all getting weird on me now? Everybody was shouting amen when it was get through the hard times. When we started talking about reaching people for Jesus, people started checking phones and started looking around. Why are y'all getting weird on me? It doesn't have to be weird. Listen, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm trying to cast a vision and say, why can't we? Even if we've jacked it up to today, why can't we start today and become the people that God has called us to be to reach those that are in our lives? Boy, I bet they'd flip out if you showed up at work and started talking about Jesus. I bet they'd freak out when your family gets together again and you say, no, we're not going to turn on the TV. We're going to open up the Word of God. I don't know what I'm doing, but we're just going to get into the Bible just a little. Just take in a step to tell others and show others Jesus. Why can't we? Why can't we? I'm nobody. Came from a nobody town, nowhere, Alabama, a place called Haleyville. The only real claim to fame there was that, that the 911 system was invented there. I guess Mr. Haney from Green Acres lived there for a little bit. They're quick to tell you. And they do have a Taco Bell in town now. So, so they're big time. God's got a way of taking unqualified and qualifying them himself. So in figuring out next steps, I think it's important for us as a church to move in proper patterns because unity is essential. Amen. One mind, one accord. Take unity very seriously because unity can produce peace in a church. I don't think church should be a place full of drama. I know church is a place full of imperfect people, so if you're looking for a perfect church, we are not that. Uh, you'll find people in different stages and different walks in their walk with God and some of us are really raw and some of us if you want to say mature or more mature um, not just age-wise but in spiritual growth um, and, and so and I think every church should look like that you know you don't go to the hospital and complain because there's sick people there people go there to get fixed and we're all in need of a savior to do some work in us so you're going to find some jacked up people here if you walk out of here and say, Eastgate Church is full of hypocrites, absolutely, including me, because we've all got inconsistency somewhere at some level in our lives. We all need a Savior, you know, but I think that you can have unity and focus and a common goal and vision. And we started talking to the leadership team of the church uh, a little over a month ago, talking with staff, talking with board, and talking about goals for this year and what we can do. And, and we all kind of landed in, in the Elevate meeting we had a while back on, on a number to shoot for, for the, the number of people we'd like to see come into the kingdom of God and give their hearts to Jesus this year. We were thinking last year, we saw, I think it was like 222, 224 people give their hearts to Jesus, which was amazing because it was almost double what we had seen the previous year. 
And somebody said, hey, why don't we just double it up just about and swing for the fence and go for 400? So we said, okay, that sounds pretty good. So we decided we wanted to shoot for 400 salvations. Now, let me ask you, do you think we can see 400 people give their hearts to Jesus through the ministries and outreaches of this church this year? Well, why are they talking about this stuff on a Sunday morning? Why aren't we talking about this stuff on a Sunday morning? You know, it, from time to time, I think it's important for a church to kind of get focused and in, in around the common goal and vision, one mind, one accord, going after it. And 400, we may see that the Lord does what he did in previous years and exceeds that because he is the God that does abundantly more than all we can ask or imagine. He takes our best creative ideas and makes them look like chump change because he's always got a way to level up. He likes to flex. He likes to flex. He likes to show what he can do. So we thought, well, 400 is awesome, and, and that's great. And I think we've got a good plan to get there. We were talking at that Elevate meeting about just some practical things because how many other churches have had plans to reach people? And how many other churches have had a numerical goal? And honestly, how many times have we set goals personally that we wanted to hit that, that didn't quite work out? So the secret sauce isn't in the the vision and secret sauce isn't really even in the plan plans important because without a plan the vision is just a good idea you got to have steps to get there but none of it matters though if you can't be the person that has the qualities and characteristics necessary to execute the plan you know what I mean so if I want to lose 50 pounds that's the vision so my plan is to work out X amount of days and to eat X amount of eat certain kinds of food, that's great, but until I make the decision to exercise the discipline and find the character and the consistency to follow through on the plan, it's just stuff on a piece of paper. And I think that's where the church misses out on things a lot. So in order to accomplish reaching 400 people for Jesus, we have to become the church that can reach 400 people for Jesus. Otherwise, the plans don't do us any good. The vision is great to shout about, but if we aren't the kind of church that can step out and do what's necessary to accomplish it, it's just a number on a screen. It's just 400 on a screen. It's just something for me to talk about today. Question for you, do you think we can be the kind of church that's necessary to reach 400 or more people for Jesus next year? Do you think you can be the kind of Christian to invite, to witness, and, and see through you, God help, transform and change lives to accomplish this vision? Three people. Man, three people, we're going to rock it for Jesus. So let me ask you again because y'all might have fallen asleep. I know we got numbers on the screen, and some of us can't math good. I get that. So let me, let, let me, let me ask you again. How many of y'all think that we can be the kind of church to reach 400 people for Jesus. Yeah. And if you're watching online and you, you think that can happen, man, just, just throw some, some clap emojis up in there and let us know that you're with us for sure. And we were saying, well, if we want to be that kind of leadership team, we were talking about it and we had a great discussion. We decided we needed some characteristics to have the culture necessary in our church to be the church to accomplish that. And we wanted to be kingdom-focused, servant-hearted, unified, operating with excellence, 
and reaching out to others. If we do this as a leadership team, because you always lead by example, you always lead by example. I'll say it again, you always lead by example. Don't you hate being under someone's leadership that says one thing and does something else? Oh, I hate that, man. So we don't want to be that kind of people here or that kind of person here. Um, so we said we've got to become this as a leadership team. And I think it's awesome that we have a leadership team that wants to aspire to be this, to lead by example, so we can reach people for Jesus. What do y'all think? Yeah, I, th I think that's awesome. So here's what we came up with. Ushers, if you will, quickly pass out. Quickly, quickly, quickly pass out these little sheets. Now, if you were at the Elevate meeting, you've already seen this. While they're passing this out, I'm going to talk you through some stuff. You're going to see two sides to this. One's going to say 2023. One's going to say 2024. I want you to look at the side that says 2023. I know some of you are going to be like me and you're not going to listen, and you're going to want to look at the side that says 2024. God will forgive you. I did tell him in the Elevate meeting, if you're the person that does that, I'm going to pray that God gives you gas for the rest of the day, and you just have to, to deal with it. I'm kidding. Um, but look at the side that says 2023. I want to read through this with you quickly, because we've got someone to baptize in just a little bit, and a lot of fun to have. Everyone got one? All right. So if you got one, hold it up in the air and say, I got it, Pastor. All right. If you guys are watching online, I know you're not going to get this physically. Um, but we'll be celebrating this stuff over the weeks to come. 2023, while they're passing this stuff out, I'm going to quickly go through this. Because I think God needs some praise for what God has done. This time last year, we got together and we ask the question, what if, like we're doing today, what if we step out and go for reaching more people for Jesus? And if you look there um, in social media, it says, listen to this, our church was able to pray with over 800 people through a social media outreach to our community last year. Isn't that awesome? Feel free to applause at any time. It is awesome to give God praise for this. Uh, we were able to help 72 families in our community with food and housing. That's awesome. It's awesome. Because talking Jesus is one thing, but showing Jesus through love is, is something else. Our live stream, which is happening right now, we reached over 15,000 with that. 65 different countries and 41 states. I love that. I love that. Media team, thank y'all so much for doing what you're doing back there to reach people for Jesus. Through the radio outreach, weekly encouraging words, um, live on-air ministry and messages were played every week in West Atlanta and in the Macon area over the radio. It's amazing, and I don't think we appreciate really how far that reach goes. I was at a, I think it was a Thanksgiving function at the, at the radio station last year, and uh, went in there and hopped on the air and, and, and did the thing and hung out and, and was meeting people at the party. And this guy came up to me. I'll never forget this till the day I die. And recognize this guy. He walked up to me. He goes, you're Pastor Josh. Amen. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to say yes, but I hope this goes well. Yeah, you know? I was like, yeah. And he goes, man, I just want to say thank you. Okay. 
He says, my name is, he gave me his name, and he's like, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you, and I appreciate your church because of the ministry that y'all have on this radio station. I was like, okay. Man, he goes, no. He stuck out his hand. He goes, thank you. I shook his hand. He grabbed my hand, and he looked me in the eyes, and he started tearing up. He said, thank you. The messages that have come from this church, from you and other people, me and my family listen to it weekly, and it has brought change in my family. It has ministered to my children. It has helped my marriage, and it has changed my life. Thank you. He goes, I don't go to your church, but I'm part of your church. He says, I live on the other side of the state, and I wasn't going to come here tonight, but Corey, the guy that owns the station, he said, he said you were going to be here, and I thought, I'm going to get there because I want to tell him Thank you. Eastgate Church, I don't think we know or even appreciate the kind of impact that we are having, not just in this community, but across the state for the kingdom of God. And I praise God for that. I praise God for that. Thank y'all so much for giving so that we could do this on the radio and impact people like that gentleman and his family. And, and the community, though, is, is just not going without either man we were out there with city events street outreaches fall fest we saw over 3,000 people show up for fall fest and make connections i have an incredible testimony to tell you next week that came out of fall fest that we did in the fall of last year you're not even going to believe what god did through that it's just absolutely amazing ministry partnerships um, it's amazing last year we helped three students get to summer camp by providing scholarships. I'm happy to tell you before we flip the page, we've already got even more than that ready to help students get to camp this year. It's going to be great. We launched a student ministry. We did upgrades in our next gen room. Missions, we were able to invest. I'll say that because it, I, people say missions giving. I call it missions investing because you're reaching people for Jesus. We were able to invest $16,726 in kids' missions, foreign's missions, and local missions through community outreach through our church last year. Praise God for that. That's absolutely amazing. 222 salvations and 56 baptisms last year. Now flip the page because, man, we've got to take a step, guys. What happened last year was great. It ha it, what happened last year was great, but I think we've got to continue to reach. And, and our leadership conversations and then Elevate and board and staff, we're, we're, we're talking. And, and, and we can look at building improvements, and we can do some of that along the way, but our hearts just all keep gravitating towards community outreach being the focus and heartbeat of this church again for this year. So we put together some projected things that we want to shoot for, and we talked about this in Elevate. Um, we, want, we want to be a part of the foster care system, and we want to help provide emergency bags for children that are going into foster care their whole lives get turned upside down. They need some semblance of normal, you know, and we can be there and be Jesus with skin on to give them what they need. Our teachers and first responders in the community need Jesus too and providing supplies and providing a, a meal for them and praying for them personally goes a long way. So we want to be out there ministering to those that give so much to us in our community. What do y'all think about that? The back-to-school bash, we want to do that this year and help provide book bags and supplies, 
haircuts and whatever we can for kids that may not financially have what they need going into the school. You're one of the most overlooked needs in our community are just simple supplies for kids whose families are just going through financial storms. Our schools stay open during the summer and serve lunch so that these kids can have at least one God-blessed meal a day. Why can't we step into that need, and this is not original, other people do this too, but we can reach people that they aren't reaching. Why can't we do that and help give supplies to students and families across the community? Um, we want to continue with the Fall Fest outreach. We want to start something new this year through, uh, I love barbecue. Yes. Anybody else like barbecue? I love barbecue. Any shape, size, just about, you know, you can't mess it up, but I love good cue, I'll just tell you that. It's crazy to think that barbecue can be a bridge to connect people to Jesus, but it can. We've got access to a monster smoker and grill on a trailer ready for us to use. All we got to do is get the manpower and the woman power to get around this thing, give free food to the community where we're set up at the tables when they sit down to eat, to talk to them about life, offer to pray with them, give them some... You see what I'm saying? We're going to create opportunities to connect with people. We want to do something called Love Week, um, and just do community care and serve projects. We want to do it twice this year. What do I mean? I mean lawn care, handyman projects, things for single moms, widows, Veterans that are disabled in the community um, to join with other organizations to help with Thanksgiving meals and rides for the elderly to get to doctor's appointments. These are huge needs in our community. Shame on us as a church if we expect the government to solve all the problems in this country. The church is God's solution to the social needs and issues in this world. And the church needs to step in and be a part of solving the problems. So there's a lot that we can do um, to continue the social media and community prayer outreach, which is changing lives. It's amazing to continue the radio ministry and outreach from there. It's amazing. There's other things I want to share with you in connection with the radio ministry that, that pieces are falling in place for some amazing things for the fall of this year. It's just too early to talk about it. Because some of it's still just vision and speculation. We're putting the pieces together. But I'm telling you, we could see a massive harvest of souls on the back half of this year. So stepping into county and events and coordinating with local city outreach projects, um, we've got some schedule. We want to invest in that. And we're projecting if we do all of this, if we do all of this, it's only going to be 35600 bucks above the budget that we have going on right now at the church to increase, okay, to step out, to increase our reach. It's all going to community outreach to impact others for Jesus. I want you to hear me say that. It's not going to pad staff salaries. It's not going for bonuses. It's not, listen, this isn't going for building improvements. This isn't, this is to reach people for Jesus. I think that if we even do half of this, then we're putting ourselves in a position to see at least 400 people come to know Jesus. And who knows how many of them get baptized. Can you imagine, can you imagine if we do all of it? Can you imagine 
if we do all of it. I want to give you something else. Guys, if you will, pass out those second cards real quick. Or did y'all already get them? Y'all already got them? All right. So this is what we do. This is just part of the plan. If, well, let me ask you this. So a lot of us clap. Do y'all think that's something that we can just swing for the fence and go for this year as a church? Yeah? Man, I'm so excited about it. And, and if we get all the money, we can do all the stuff. And if we get half the money, we can do half the stuff. You know what I'm saying? But this is what I know. God's probably, well, I don't know. God could let one of us win the lottery. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Y'all would be okay with that, right? Um, but more than likely, it's going to come from our faithfulness, our trust in him, and us being obedient to what he is laying on our hearts to do. Now, here's the part of the service where I'm supposed to play the emotional songs and, and get you all hooked and, 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 and try to lead you towards putting, putting just unrealistic numbers on this card. I'm not even going to ask you to put numbers on this card today. I'm just going to ask you to just take this home and just pray as a couple. Pray as a single person over your finances. Pray as a family over what you feel like the Lord would have you do. Some of you are tithers and give consistently to the church. He might lay on your heart to do more than that. And if he does it, that's great. Maybe you, you come to this church and you're watching online and you haven't consistently given. And what we've got is just this little ladder. It's a great little illustration. Everyone's a potential giver at some level. But what we want you to do is just, man, just as, as God lays on your heart, just start to give a little as you can. I know all of our budgets look differently, and some of us have more disposable income than others. The key is listen to the Lord and maybe just take a step. If you've been casually giving, maybe step into full obedience to the Word of God and begin to tithe. You'll be amazed to see what happens in your personal life, just finances, and just in general, what happens when you begin to trust the Lord at that level. But I know it, some for some of us it takes time to get there, and it's all, whatever, wherever you're at now, what we're saying is this. Maybe we all just take a step. And Pastor Kelly and I are doing this personally too because you lead by example. All right? Never going to ask anyone to do something that I have not already done or I'm not currently doing. And so Kelly and I are, are praying on what the Lord would have us do in past years. We've decided not just to tithe. We're not going to tithe. We're going to give 20%. And we looked at each other and thought, we can't even afford to live and pay bills and stuff, tithing, and somehow that works, and we feel like God's telling us to do that, and we did it, and he provided above and beyond. It's just amazing, but the key thing is to make sure you're hearing from God, all right? A good idea can get you in trouble. You understand what I'm saying? That's why I'm downplaying this moment because I don't want to get you in an emotional let's conquer the world kind of frenzy. I want to bring practicality and wisdom and marry that with faith. Okay, I think that's important. So over the next couple of weeks, let's pray as a church. Let's pray as a church over what the Lord would have us give for some above and beyond, for some just beginning to give. And here's why. Here's why. So we can reach this community for Jesus. We are all in this room, most of us anyway, because Jesus did something powerful in our lives. Amen. We are all in this room because someone took the time to tell us about Jesus. 
We are all in this room because someone gave to provide the power for the microphones that were preached through or the gas for the cars that went to the outreach. Somebody paid a price to serve God to get us here. What I'm saying is the blood of Jesus is still as strong as it's always been. What I'm saying is the world around us is in desperate need of a Savior. 256,000 unchurched people in Douglas, Carroll, and Paulding County alone. The harvest is there. Jesus was right when he said, pray, because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Let's not let that be true about Eastgate Church. Let's do our part and step in. So be in prayer, if you will on how we can reach our community for Jesus. How does that sound to you? Sound good? Let's give God praise for that. I'll end with this, and then uh, we'll get the band to come up, and we'll do some baptisms. This quote from D.L. Moody, and I'll read it to you, and this is just something to think about. This thing impacted my life tremendously in my early 20s. D.L. Moody's quoted saying, The world has yet to see what God can do through a person fully consecrated to him. And I will do my utmost to become that person. I love that he said become because life's a process of growth. What we're talking about is stepping out of comfort zones and stepping into callings and dreams on, on different levels. We've just hit so many different levels today, individuals and as a church. Let's take that step. Let's take that step. Amen? Amen? Here's why. Because of what we're fixing to do here in a moment when we baptize this amazing young lady. Because somebody, somebody is counting on us to be there. Somebody's counting on us to do our part. This stuff matters. Amen. Listen to me. I, I will give my life for this. I have given my life for this. How can you say no to a Savior that gave everything for us? Each one, reach one, all these, you know, man, let's just be who God has called us to be and reach who God has called us to reach. No hype, no gimmicks. Let's just be real and let's see what God can do again this year through simple faith and obedience. Father, thank you for the truth of your word, for what you've done in this place, Father, for the words you've spoken to us. Lord, I pray that it just sits in our hearts and burns and intensifies with passion and the fire that comes only from your Holy Spirit. Let it produce that fruit in our lives that you intend for it to produce. That we walk out of here not just changed in a moment, but changing as we go on our way. Father, thank you for calling some of us to focus today. It's so easy to get distracted by what's going on in life, Lord. Thank you for moments like this. Lord, I thank you for a leadership team at this church that's serious about reaching the community. Lord, I thank you for a group of leaders that could care less about building a church, but would bleed for reaching somebody for Jesus. God, I thank you for your anointing for the, the presence of your spirit that's always here. Lord, I thank you for a church that's so generous. 
God, I thank you most of all for the change that you're bringing about today in our lives and myself included. So Lord, show us what those next steps are, not just in what we can give, but Lord, show us what those next steps are and what we can personally do and how we can serve because we need hands to the plow. If we're going to reach this many people and double up on our impact, surely we need all hands on deck to step into the giftings and callings that you've placed on our lives, Lord, to see it accomplished. So Lord, let every calling in this room, Lord, let it not go unanswered. Let everyone step up to the call. Lord, let everyone surrender their hearts, their gifts, their talents, everything to you to make the most of the time that we have while we have it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.